Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week are Rhys Haldane. Rhys, hello. Alright boys, um, it's always good to be back on, especially in the back of Thistle win, so happy days. Definitely. Jamie, hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Great to be back, especially to discuss three points. And also joining us this week is special guest Ian Bateman. Ian, how are you? Hi guys. Well, as you say... Even better after yesterday's results, so great to be on these. Do a great job. Thanks very much. Uh, Ian, a lot of Thistle fans will probably know your face, but uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do around for how? Well, my main job uh, was selling 50-50 half-time draw tickets, just at the top of the hill at the Jackie Osborne stand. I'm actually fortunate enough to be at Far Hill for matches just now because Believe it or not, I'm actually doing my steward and making sure that the players observe the protocols that have been put in place. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really fortunate that I can get to the game and see the boys. So, it's great. Love it. Gareth, how did you get into the 50-50 tickets? How did you start off doing that? Basically, I wanted a villain in Tenerife and I thought, <laughs> I, I can't... I can't do this with work, so I really need a good income stream. No, I'm, I'm only kidding, obviously. <laughs> uh, there used to be an old guy, Bill, who used to walk around with a wee chalkboard at half-time to give out the winning raffle ticket numbers. Uh, and I used to see him, and occasionally when he was walking around, he would turn it upside down, the numbers, and ask people if, if that was any better than the ones that they, did, that they didn't win with. Uh, and I always, always had a wee, I always had a wee chuckle at that when I see them. And he was getting on in years. And I thought somebody needs to fill that gap when Bill's away. And I volunteered. It was probably in the 90s. Uh, and that's been me ever since. And I must admit, I love it. It's no good when it's being a rain and everything else. But I meet, I meet the fans. Got a great bunch of people that, that come. You know, they're getting up their hard-end cash. To help the youth set up, which was the main thing that, that the halftime draw was set up for. And it's great. It's just brilliant. I get I get more out of it than what I put in. We probably raise about £10,000 a season. That's good. Uh, there's a great, great bunch. There's Donna and Alison who are in the main concourse, the Jackie husband. Uh, there's Mark who does the John Lambie stand. And then there's Martin who helps with the distributing all the stuff for us. I love it. It's just great. What's the, what's the most amount of tickets a fan's bought in one go? Uh, well, Eddie Prentice, who's one of our ex-directors, usually buys 20, which is oh. a full book. And he does that any time he's up. He always buys a full book of tickets. I'm always looking for fans to beat that record. So 
if anybody's listening and wants to take on the Eddie Prentice challenge, then I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll willingly take, take their money. Uh, Sorry, I was going to say, I, you certainly every time I buy a 50-50 ticket over you, you certainly challenge me to try and finger that challenge because every time I'm like, you're like, just the one? Why not why no 25? Just, just <laughs> buy the 25. And I'm like, why no the 25? No, no, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> I've, I've always found coercion to be a, a sort of ally. I mean, I tend to find that empathy, customer service, respect, trust, Arnie, what I'm all about. It's basically, it's basically give your money next, or I've get the baseball bat out. So it's to help the club, help the youth boys, and ultimately help you know the fans as well because they're going to see boys like young penners and that coming through. Even we're playing Celtic. I even say to the Celtic fans because I try to sell them to them as well. You know, I don't care who I get money over. I actually, it's, and some of them do buy tickets off me. So ultimately, I can say to them, you know, see when we gub you in 10 years' time, you'll be able to say that you contributed towards that. <laughs> so usually gives them a chuckle, but it's great to get their money. It's great to get Andy's money and help the club. And uh, as I say, our fans do it. And they make my job easy. It really is. It's the easiest thing in the world because uh, they're always there for me. Aye, no, you do a great job, Ian. Uh, I think you heard the voice of David Forrester, who's joined us in typically late fashion. David, how are you? Unlike you, I've been grafting, I've been working the oh, day, right. and I'm sitting on my lunch, so I, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Welcome, David. Uh, hello, hello. Um, please don't try and get me to buy 50-50 tickets, I'm skint. Have you not been buying them online? Oh, I, I, I did for a wee while, but... Um, oh, I've, you've been shamed. See, just logging into the ticket thing and all that? Oh. I know. I'm, I'm bit, I know. I have absolutely. I've, I've got a disapproving look for you <laughs> as we speak. So, David, sorry, I've actually been buying them on your behalf. So, is that what that is? Is that yeah, on my I, bank statement? All right, that makes sense. You only, you only owe me thirty quid. Uh, you've been close. You've been close a couple of times. Uh, you nearly won the mystery prize. It's a ball, um, but as I say, next time you see me, you can buy me back. One question I have actually for you: Has the mystery prize ever not been a ball? Because every time it seems, it, it, I remember for a while it used to be, and you go, and the mystery prize, and everybody in the stands would go, a ball, because they all knew exactly what it was. So, any been, it been any weird or wonderful prizes? They were going to offer two balls one time, but I, I think there was a, <laughs> a few, there's a few, there's a few people objected to that uh, on on grounds of decency. Um, yeah, they they occasionally they occasionally do a signed signed jersey, but as I say, sometimes it can be hard getting the players to sort of write a name. Uh, so that that, <laughs> that 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 doesn't always happen. A lot of their brains can be in their boots at times. So yeah, they done a mug one time, a party thistle mug. That that wasn't the greatest price. Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of my punters that buy tickets off me feel that they're mug enough. Without actually having it cast it, I cast to them and sitting in front of them when they're having their coffee. <laughs> so they, they, could, they could they could do better prizes, I know. But it, it was always funny when when they announced it at half time for about the mystery prize and the crowd always shout up, oh, it's a ball. <laughs> uh, so I suppose the mystery for MD that didn't know at that time what it was. But it's thistle. It's thistle. And I like the jokey element to it. A lot of times the first prize can be 
like 500, 600 pounds. And when you win that in that day, that's covered your season ticket and a lot of away games if you're going to them as well. Uh, so it's worthwhile. It's always worthwhile winning. I don't know what the prize is just now. I think it's maybe maybe three, four hundred pounds maybe on the online one. But as I say, half of that goes to the club, which is great at this time, especially at this time, because the, every penny's a prisoner just now. Has anyone here won the won the fifty fifty ever? I have. I can confirm it is not a scam. You do actually you do actually win it. Oh, oh I was not right, referring. Get the right numbers, <laughs> nah, yeah. don't worry. I mean Ian's won it twenty three <laughs> times, but <laughs> my family have won it more times. Um <laughs> but but that that's between me and them. Valentine Reef's expensive, you know, I'm I'm trying to get the pool realigned, so it doesn't come cheap. <laughs> Yeah, the 50 50. I've never won that, but on the John Hilbus, Ian does a wee scratch card, and I've won that once in about six years. Honestly, never <laughs> won it, mate. Ian, Ian and Stevie win it every week. Just something going on there. <laughs> uh, I have won that once as well. Uh, I think I won like 10 quid or something from that one. I, I need to speak to my agent. agent. I don't think I should be telling, it, telling you this stuff. <laughs> Can I just say that I had it on my rider in order to appear on this show that I needed a kilo of purple jelly beans? <laughs> and today they haven't arrived yet so I, I, I don't know I, it's obviously in your hands and I'm waiting in the courier ringing the door any time because I take it you go with that I, I, I sent it on uh, on Friday but you know, you know what Royal Mail is like fair enough fair enough I'll take your word on it I've never I'll, won I'll a 50-50 but um, high off a success I won in the, the pies in last week's pie competition from Pie Sports so I had a 10-pack of pies delivered just in time for the game yesterday, which was very nice. Jamie, a 10-pack of pies, yeah. <laughs> wow. you, you can see the cogs wadding in Ian's head as to how he can rig it for next week's of the evening's the 10 pies. They were, they were, they're really tasty. I'm not, I was just saying they're really tasty. I've not eaten them all. I've eaten two. But would recommend, because I think Castle fans can get discounts uh, with a special code, but that's all on the, all on the club's Twitter. Um, Jamie, I'll take you back to two o'clock uh, yesterday when the start eleven was released. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw the start eleven? Uh, Mo Senna come in. It was unclear where he'd play. He obviously ended up playing at centre back. Uh, Shea Gordon dropped out, but Brian Graham and Ross Docherty also come back in after suspensions last week. Were you happy with the start eleven? I was obviously happy to see Docherty and Graham come back into the team. I mean, we were expecting to see Salim on the bench, I and mean, that never happened. I don't know why, but when I saw it, I thought it looked pretty defensive, especially at home against East Fife. We started with three full-backs on the pitch and three defensive midfielders as well. Very difficult to predict my lineup this season. I mean, it's never what anyone ever predicts. And usually, you just see people like before kick-off trying to work out the formation, trying to work out who's playing where. It never really fills you with confidence before kick-off. But I've got to say, it did do the job yesterday. It was our best performance of the league campaign so far. I thought that Penrice did well at left mid. And I thought Foster, to be fair, uh, he's been criticised by us on the podcast quite a lot, and rightly so, but... I thought yesterday he looked a lot better, looked a lot more composed and didn't make any notable mistakes, I wouldn't say, in the game. And uh, Hopefully we'll see more of that from him. Um, but yeah. overall, the lineup did do well and we were far more attacking than the team selection would make you think. I thought we were good going forward yesterday. And yeah, we got three points in the end, so that's all that matters. I totally agree about Foster, Jamie. I think I had a listener question. I think it was Cameron. 
asked is Foster a better left back than he is a right back and it's maybe because there isn't as much expectation on him going forward especially with an out and out left footer in front of him in Penrice who's not going to cut inside so he's not expected to get forward as much do you agree that he's more suited to the left back slot than right back? Uh, yeah so far anyway because um, he against Martin I thought he looked decent at left back but he was better yesterday than he was against Martin but he just seems to suit that role more. Um, maybe, the, as you said, the pressure's off him, doesn't feel the need to go forward as much. Because I feel on the right, every time he tried to go forward, he ended up just getting caught at the halfway line, didn't have the speed to recover. But whereas Williamson, obviously, is uh, a lot younger, a lot quicker, and he's better going forward than Foster as well, because Foster's final ball has been pretty poor. But when he's been at left-back, he's not really been the one swinging in the crosses. Yesterday, it was more Penrice doing it. So I think he definitely sits that role better. Uh, Rhys, what were your thoughts on the performance overall? When I initially saw the team sheets, my first thought was the same as Jamie. I was just thinking, oh no, it's a lot of defensive-minded players. And I thought we were going to have three deep-line midfielders at home to East Fife. But when I found out Penrice was filling in at left-back, I was actually actually quite like the sound of it. I just thought every single player yesterday was top-notch. There was no faults in the team yesterday. Credit to the defence, because Kieran Wright never had a save to make. And as we've touched on almost every week since they started playing together, like... Williamson and Cardo once again causing no end of problems for the defences in this league and thank God that Joe Cardo resigned with us because he's far and away our best our most creative player Banzo and Doc back to their best yesterday they're so dominant that partly the reason that we were so dominant them two in midfield because they break up everything like other teams can't get on the ball they can't let players dictate like um, he's face best player Scott Agnew and he, he didn't have much of the ball yesterday because of how effective Doc and Banzo were and as Jamie just touched on as well, Foster's getting better and better every week. Moving up the field, Connor Murray's a weird one for me. He seems to drift in and out of games, but it definitely shows glimpses of what he's capable of. I know boys that have trained with him in the past, and they say he's, he's different class, so I just hope that he can get off the mark sooner rather than later. Brian Graham just, just doing Brian Graham things. Um, everybody knows what he does. He's just such he's such a, a leader and a focal point for us. Like Everything he does, mate, like, it's just, it's just a born winner. Like, honestly, I love him. Performance-wise, it was 2-0 going on 7-0 and it's kind of worrying because we really need to start converting these chances because at 1-0, I'm just waiting for these five to score with our first attempt. So it's great to kill the game off, the game off with a beauty from Graham because you're, you're wondering during the game, we're creating so many chances but our only goal came from a penalty. So it's, it was a wee bit worrying but it was good to get that second. Hopefully this will give us the confidence and we can build on it. And as we said, that's us up to fourth place and into the playoffs. So... I'm not what to see us fall on this for the rest of the season. This can't slip now. Ian, you've been lucky enough to get to the games uh, that have been played behind closed doors. Can you give us any sort of wee insights of things that we might have missed from watching it on streams? Like any players that are more vocal that we might not have picked up on, anything like that? Any interesting sort of shouts from the manager, tactics, things like that? It's interesting that when you actually hear, I'm, I'm in the, the column we stand initially, and the abuse the the linesman and the referee get for the dugout is brilliant. Uh, I mean, you know, if we're in either the John Lampy stand or the, the uh, Jackie Husband stand, uh, you you don't hear a lot of that. Um, and because there's there's nobody at the ground, honestly, the absolute abuse they get is is great. The the passion that you hear, and no 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 just about no just about decisions that the the officials make. They were talking Senna through. The game, I, I, I know that you're saying you're going to talk about them later on, but in this aspect, because of the position that Senna was playing yesterday, the dugout were coaching him through the game and encouraging the boy. And he he was a standout for me. 
yesterday. Absolute standout. I know that uh, Big Brian Graham said after the game that although he got man of the match, he should have gave it to the boy because he hardly put a foot wrong. And it was great to see the, the link between Senna and the dugout and listening to the fact that he was taking everything on board that they were saying, whether it was to press up or to get touch tight um, with players. And the boys have came on. They've, they've definitely came on. And in spite of the injuries, I mean, I was talking to wee Blair, Blair Spittle yesterday, and oh God, when I seen him getting that injury and coming off, because he, he was our player at that time. He, he was the guy that was making it all tick. He was a standout, absolute top-class player. Um, and you've seen, you've seen the quality when he's on the ball, his distribution, every, everything about him, the, the attacking threat that he brings to the team. So when I seen him going off, I was, I was really worried. I was talking to him yesterday. He's, he's not had it diagnosed yet as such. Um, so that will happen this week. It's a worry because he's, we've only got him till January and I'm hoping that we get him for longer beyond that, that Ross County. We need to tell Ross County he's a duff, you know, and he's injury prone and everything else. And uh, we can sign him on for the rest of the, the season because uh, I think he's enjoying the football here. Well, up to that point, obviously. But I can see the team clicking. I can see it coming together. Uh, and I think deep down McCall's the guy that can, that can do it for us. He's got a track record in these leagues. And big Brian Graham, you know, the passion of the guy. Love it. Just love it. He moans at himself. He moans at the other players. He, he probably moan, he, well, he has moaned at me, actually, because I wouldn't have let him in the tunnel. He's supposed to go the other, the other way. He's a big chancer, and I love him. I, I love the passion and the commitment he brings to it. And it shows, and, and he, he brings it out in the other players. So, I, I, I think we're in a better place than what we have been past few weeks and I, I'm, I'm just hoping this is a, this is a start it move up we're in a playoff place now get as high as we can and see what it takes us I think I'm really interested by what you said about Senna there I think when you see him play you can tell he's really well coached and he takes a lot of information on and I think if there's anything missing at his game even when he plays midfield it's maybe that wee bit of spark that wee bit of individuality because he, he is so like well coached and he's obviously following the instructions he's given it a T, but it's it's good to hear that that's that's happening. And I totally agree. I think Reese is going to touch on later. He was a standout yesterday. He was brilliant. Um, David, I know you're a bit tight for time with your work, so do you want to give us your thoughts on the performance yesterday? Um, it was a bit of a weird one because we, um, well, I think going in, a lot of people were a bit disappointed by our results. But I mean, as we touched on last week, I think we'd actually played not too bad. Bar odd like twenty minutes against St. Mirren, we'd done all right in the League Cup. We'd looked sort of competent, and even in the league, you know, against Cove Rangers, we lost in a, a late goal, and we we haven't looked absolutely atrocious uh, very often. But I think this is the big vital five game run where people are expecting fifteen points. East Fife didn't really lay a glove on us, and I thought we, we played really quite well. We, we did absolutely go for them um, in the first half, which I think a lot of people were really choking for us to do. I think when we seen the team, we all looked in the group chat and we were all a bit worried that we were parking the bus against East Fife. The idea that McCall is maybe you know, worried that another loss could kind of put them on a shaky nail. Um, and I think, I think we played really quite well yesterday. Um, it was a... Uh, was a, a competent display and I thought we looked really well in East Fife you could clearly see by the end the last 20-25 minutes East Fife were absolutely raging because they knew they couldn't lay a glove on us 
and they were just taking it out on us and with some rash trials and stuff like that. And I think that was, as weird as it sounds, it was, it was a backhanded compliment and that they just couldn't do anything to us and it was, it was frustrating them, which I think is always a good thing. It gave me a lot more confidence going through to the next couple of weeks where I think we could, we'll see them really coming into their own. Reese, I know you've been keen to talk about Sen and Yang's performance. I know it's been touched on, but do you want to go in, into that in a bit more depth? Aye. <clears throat> Senna was incredible yesterday, man. He's, he's just so solid. Like, And a lot of folk were saying he's been flung into an unfamiliar position, which technically isn't true, because he started out as a centre-half playing for Pollock, and even when he came, on, came into the fold at the under-20s with Fissel, he, he was even deputising at right-back, so it's really only in the last season or so that he's moved forward into a midfield area, and that's the beauty of Senna's game. He can fill in at so many different positions and he's not really blessed technically, but he more than makes up with that with his heart and tenacity. He's, he's thrown himself every ball. He's not scared to rough up the opposition and he's only, he's only what, like 21 years old or something. So it's a really good sign and the only thing he maybe needs to watch is he stays touch tight to his marker more than he needs to and he tries to win every ball, which could see him get spun if he doesn't adjust that slightly, but I'm just so happy for Senna. He's, he's a really humble guy and he's always willing to learn, as you said. He, he's a sponge for the coaches and it just takes everything in. And I'm just I'm made up for him to finally be shining in our first team after the long and windy road he's taken to professional football. Jamie, do you want to talk about another standout performer, Brian Graham? I know we've sort of raved about him on the podcast before and there's probably not much else to say, but do you want to touch on his performance yesterday? Uh, yeah, you can obviously hear what he means to us with how much he's already been praising this episode alone. But, I mean, he's just crucial to us for so many reasons. Of course, the obvious one is the goals. I mean, that's four goals in four league games for us so far this season and seven and ten league games overall, which is a great return. His second yesterday was just fantastic. I mean, that goal was probably up there for maybe a goal of season contender for us. Uh, other aspects of his game are so important as well to the team, like he's so vocal on the pitch, his hold-up play, chases down every loose ball, winning headers, flicking it on. At one point yesterday in the first half, there was a cross that was too powerful. Uh, it was put into the box and Graham somehow managed to just jump up, lean back, head it across goal. Could have actually hit his face, but he managed to get it across goal and we almost scored from it. I think it was Penrace or possibly Murray at the back post whose header was blocked. But if that hadn't been blocked, that would for sure been a goal. I mean, he just shows how much he gives to the team and he really thrives goal-wise at the service he gets from Cardinal Williamson, I mean, think. But I mean, he's just so important to our team. He's involved in almost everything good about us. Honestly, he could get 20-plus goals this season. I mean, he's got four and four so far, so he could easily get into the 20s if, if he stays fit, which is the you know, obviously the, the big thing. We don't want him to get injured because if he does, then that's a huge blow for us and we don't actually have another fit striker right now. Ian, the squad's uh, struggling a wee bit at the moment with injury. Do you think the starting 11 yesterday is good enough going forward or if we got players back, how do you see the team sort of shaping up long term? If we had everyone fit, how close would it be to yesterday's team? Well, I think I think with the likes of Senna, he's, the boys get development still. He's still to go. He's, as we said, he's only a young boy. He's twenty one. I was surprised to hear he'd actually played in, in that position before. But yeah, he, he's certainly one for the future. You've got good guys ready to come back in. Spittle could be a huge player for us. Um, if if we can get him back fit and if we can keep him for longer, you can imagine the spine of that team. Fell for young Jamie Snedden. This, this was going to be a big season for him, but obviously Kieran's done all right coming in. You can't fault the guy. Penalty saves the other week. So the spine of the team's good enough, that's for sure, and you need that. Banzo's playing brilliant. 
he's he's definitely on a game. Um, against Morton, he, he just sprayed the ball about. It was like Pirlo in there, so he was. I'm I'm optimistic. I don't I really am about the future, mind you. I'm that sort of guy. I, you know, I love Thistle through and through. It's used it's used day too, but I've been there before. You know, there's, there's been tougher times than this. Uh, it's going to be a difficult season, just because is it going to get cold early? You know, there's a great unknown about this season. The SPFL have got an issue because of what they've done to us last season. They've got to try and see it through as best they can because of what happened to us. They'll not be wanting that to happen again. But, you know, we need to get up that league. If we can get top, brilliant. You know, because if they do call it, then, then we're up. But we need to be in the top four, obviously. Second's better because we can take MD on, really. We've got the players there. We've got the staff. We'll get a good enough squad. Everybody fit. We can do it. My worry is always about artificial pitches. What it, what it can do to players. It's no ideal. We're going to be playing in a lot of them. The injuries could mount up. So we probably need another couple of players in January if we can get them. Just to bolster it a bit. Just to give us a bit more depth. Especially a striker. We need another striker. Um, I, I see the guys playing. I'm, I'm there at games. The passion's there, the commitment's there. We've been really unlucky with injuries, no doubt about it. And if we get, if we get that squad, squad back and firing, yeah, we, we, we can do this. We can definitely do this. David, we had a, a 90 minutes there without picking up any new injuries. Um, we escaped maybe an early penalty uh, concession and got a soft award ourselves maybe. Do you think our luck's beginning to turn? I mean, uh, uh, luck is a very fickle thing when it comes to Thistle. Um, we, we seem to have, you know, all over the place in terms of, you know, just our form and stuff like that. I think it feels like we are maybe getting a, getting a bit of uh, a rub of the green, so to speak, in the sense that we are, you know, hopefully we have a team that's kind of settled. It's, you know, they've changed the training and stuff like that to sort of make it less physical. And, um, yeah, we... Again, like we mentioned before, the penalty decisions and stuff like that, I'm not very much one to say, oh, we got lucky or unlucky with that sort of thing because it, it's, it all comes out in the wash. You know, you lose decisions you probably shouldn't have, you gain decisions you probably shouldn't have. But certainly you can see that it meant a lot of them and they and they will definitely look at it as a confidence booster. And I think definitely that sort of win, maybe, maybe our fortunes are turning a little bit and we can kind of knuckle down and get sorted for the rest of the season. For a second week on Social Media Howlers, I'm going to talk to David Forrest about some of the wildest takes we've seen on social media this week. Joining me this week to discuss uh, the social media howlers that we've seen from Partick Thistle fans this week is David Forrest. Hello, David. Hello. Escaped from your work to have let you out. <laughs> I, I got parole for a wee bit, aye. Uh, compassionate leave. But uh, number three, we've got something from Pine Bovril. Don't know if it really counts as social media, but it's still an absolutely <laughs> wild comment. But So it's, it's just simple. Good win. East Fife fans, you can still have Penrice back any time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I get that Penrice is young and 
we hate young people and you know he was with us during the relegation season so therefore he is inherently shite and will never be good and he's in, he's cursed with this but come on it was it was really it was really good yesterday and he's been really good all season he's probably been our player of the season bar maybe graham I would say, like, but yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't get how you could watch that match and watch us. I mean, I think it's very telling that East Fife were so frustrated because he couldn't break us down because of the likes of Penrice. That that right there shows he's doing something right, and to just kind of throw that sort of flagrant statement out is wild. I, I totally agree. Like, it's hard to tell sometimes if some of the Penrice and Bannigan tweets are bait, and I'm sort of. Sometimes reluctant to bring them up because I think, are they just? It's that he got a reaction out of you. He got a reaction out of you, and if if it's somebody that listens to the podcast and they're listening to this, that's what they'll probably like. We got a reaction out of you. You're talking about it, but it's just it's similar with Bannigan. Like Penrice and Bannigan have had good seasons, and there's still people sort of tarring them under the same brushes. Serial serial losers, you hear, uh, but the. Ian McCall trusts them and they're playing well and they played well in their winning team yesterday. And Penrice, for a young guy, I think he's 21 or 22, he's closing in on 100 appearances now. I, t- I don't know what more people expect from him. I think he's developing really nicely and he's not even getting a settled run in his favourite position. He played mid- centre midfield last week, he played left midfield yesterday. He's not had a, a game at left back for a few weeks now. I don't know what more you can expect from Penrice. I, I, I just don't understand how Jamie said it before. <laughs> Anyway, we'll move on because they've got a reaction out of us. So if that was what you were aiming for, fair play. And boost your numbers up, Matt, because they'll be listening to see if we're, now that we're doing the social media howlers, they'll absolutely be listening to us, you know, wax radical about how they're wrong and they'll they'll, they'll, they'll want the reaction. So absolutely. Anyway, I'll... number number two comes from Facebook. We're going to all the all the channels today and it's a it was a comment, again, we'll remain anonymous and it's it was after the it was a, a comment way down a thread, so it was easy to miss, but it was great. Another week stuck with McCall after we won. <laughs> what a terminal <laughs> hell we live in. This, uh, this Hellraiser-style pinhead, he opens the box and inside you're just stuck with Ian McCall for another week. I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's madness for knowing a hostage situation. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like we're chained to the radiator and Ian McCall's on his hostage and Edson's bringing his cups of water every 18 hours. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's get a grip. Like, he's there because he, he, he is the manager. And, you know, rightly or wrong, whether you like him or whether you like Archie or whether you like any of the rest there, he's there to do a job. And just the idea, and I love the idea that this. Like they would just if we drew if we drew they just go right in at, at shoe away. The fact that we we are like so threadbare on players, them suddenly giving a severance package to Ian McCall and then announcing a new manager on Monday seems quite wild. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I totally agree. I totally agree. It's <laughs> who, who's I know I know that who's going to come in is a terrible argument for keeping a manager. And I know that we've sort of discussed Ian McCall's position a few times, but none of us have really said that, oh, if he loses this at the weekend, he's out. Or None of us have have wanted McCall out. We, are, we all trust McCall. And to think that you're just going week by week, almost hoping that this will get beat just so you get rid of a manager that's... He's not had a brilliant second spell. He's probably not even had an OK second spell. 
I know the relegation obviously last season was a bit out of his control and overall his record's not great, but certainly not been disastrous and there, there are signs of life there. I mean, I, you'll remember, I mean, we were very much on edge when the, the Archie era was coming to an end where week by week we were all just going, this is it, this is the week. We're no, and same with Caldwell as well. I think we also did like the Arbroath game with Caldwell and stuff like that, whereby you were like, if he loses this, we're done. He saved himself for one week and then get papped the next week. It's, it's not it's not that sort of situation at that point with everybody. And I think, to be honest, there's a benefit to the fans not being there in that situation because you don't have that sort of miserable atmosphere. But we're absolutely nowhere near any sort of, you know, TikTok McCall levels of situation right now. We'll move on to number one. Number one, I'm sure most people have seen it. <laughs> I, I, I've got, so I, I'm sure everyone knows what it is. It was a tweet with Partick Thistle Twitter tonight after beating his fight at home with a picture of Rangers lifting the League One title um, <laughs> with their expensively assembled squad. Uh, the, the, two th- the two things I think about this, again, I don't want to pile in on anyone because like, everyone does bad tweets. I'm sure we'll all feature on this section at one point. Well, actually, every running. opinion I have in this <laughs> podcast is under this treatment. Aye. So, aye. Aye. But, but the first thing is, I didn't really see any overreactions. A lot of people were saying, Brian Graham was great, what a goal. Important win, we move on to next week. It's promising. A lot of players played well. I didn't really see anyone go OTT and go, that's phenomenal. We're, we're going to piss the league now. Like that's it. We've turned the corner. Like I didn't see any of that. Maybe I'm wrong. Like if I'm wrong, send the tweets my way. But I, I didn't see them. The second thing, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We've been locked down, effectively locked down for eight or nine months. Man, people's like mental health is toiling. Anything that they can cling on to get a little bit of happiness, they're grasping. Football is running, and it's one of the few things in people's life that is running as close to normal as possible. Obviously, they don't have the fans in, but you can watch your team. You can watch your team win. And to celebrate your team winning might be the only bit of happiness you get <laughs> in a week. And if you go online to sort of vent your happiness and say, oh, it's great, my team's won. You could have you could have just had a shite week and then you see somebody sort of piss all over your happiness. You're like, well, it, it's, it's a problematic tweet, but I, I don't want to pile in too much because we'll all, I, we'll all have them. I, w- I would say as well, though, I think just at the very end, because I, I genuinely thought at first this was a sort of um, shuts style, you know, a Rangers fan um, or, or a Clyde, or like a sort of a fan who wasn't a, a person who wasn't a Fiscal fan, like they supported Aid or Morton or something like that. And then I realised he's actually a Patrick Fiscal fan. And I was like, why, why would you just continue to engage? Somebody, somebody put it really succinctly and they're like, if you can't even like take any sort of happiness out of your team winning, you just need to chuck it and find something else. Because it's the most base instinct where it doesn't matter how terrible your day is, if we're going to a game, like if it's pushing a rain or win or something like that, if you win, you know, you get a wee lift and you're like you go to, you go to the woody and you have an extra pint or something because you've won and everything's great and like yeah. Life is pretty rubbish at the moment. Let's be honest, and I'll, I'll take his beating East Fife. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who it is against. Again, like I've, I've said it before, it doesn't matter what team we're playing. It's the fact that the team are playing, and the fact that you get to see that is, quite frankly, a small miracle at this point. And we should be celebrating that. And the fact that you win on top of it to boot is even better. Totally agree, man. I celebrated by cracking open. 
I baked camembert and Duncan, Duncan a baguette and, and what a night I had. Anyway, <laughs> I, we'll leave it I, there I got first. the it. No, I'm, I'm not touching drink after Thistle. I'm still sort of recovering from the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there for social media howlers this week. I'm sure we'll all take a turn of being on. We all tweet some pretty wild stuff sometimes. Um, it's just meant to be a bit of fun, but we'll be back next week with more social media howlers. Thank you. Jamie, I know Ian said he's optimistic, and I know generally on this podcast we're all pretty optimistic about the squad we've got and what we can achieve this season. What did you make of some of the reaction last night to uh, the win and Thistle fans celebrating the win? Obviously, most of the fan base was positive about the result and performance yesterday, and rightly so. We've been waiting for a league performance like that all season. Uh, there was a lot to be positive about regarding yesterday's performance. However, there's been some criticism we've seen again towards Penrice and towards other fans. I mean, sometimes I just wonder what games some people watch because Penrice was brilliant yesterday, especially given he wasn't even playing in his natural position. I thought he did really well going forward. He put in some dangerous crosses. He was a handful down that left side. You know, I mean, he was just... I thought he had a good performance and he didn't do any, didn't make any mistakes defensively. I, I don't see what there is to criticise. And the criticism at fans for celebrating the win, I, 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 that's just beyond me. I don't get that. I mean, we should be allowed to enjoy ourselves and celebrate a good performance. I mean, it included a fantastic goal three points, a clean sheet. But I don't see how fans could still be unhappy with what they saw yesterday and feel the need to complain, criticise other fans for celebrating. And I don't know, I don't I don't get it. I don't think any of us get it, but I don't think they'll stop. Rhys, what do you think yesterday's win could do for the sort of mindset of the players going into next week's game at Montrose? We've not won away yet. Is it How important is it to get that sort of monkey off the back and win an away game? It's massive. Like we need to really start performing away from home on AstroTurf surfaces as well. So next week, next week's a must win already because we're starting to look aside now, despite the mountain injuries, and you naturally feel confident confident after anyone. But as I say, it means nothing if we go to Montrose next week and fail to get three points. The confidence will be flown through Brian Graham at the minute because he just seems to find an net near enough every game. But I just wish the rest of the team would contribute more goals, and we're really needing to give give a team a drubbing to get the group full of confidence. But if we can come out at the end of the next four games with maximum points ahead of the four cup match, then things should be looking pretty tasty at the top of the league. And I also, I just want to quickly mention McCall's Jagstone interview yesterday because he heaped praise, he heaped massive praise on Jackie Lowe and Jerry Britton for dealing with matters related to mental health. So, whoever the player, coach, member of staff, member of media team, whoever it may be that's been having a hard time, just I just like to wish them well and a speedy recovery. And it's, it's often stigmatised when speaking out, but they mentioned employees now getting their help required and we know more than most football supporters that Fissel can toy, toy with your emotions so I just encourage anyone listening who may be struggling just to do the same and talk about it because this person has a dream job in, her, in many of our eyes they work for party at Fissel, so it just goes to show it can affect anyone so never be afraid to talk about talk to someone about it and a problem shared is a problem halved and things will always get better I think we can yeah. all agree with that Reese. Thanks, thanks very much for that Ian just to finish off I'm going to come to you. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Um, do I just finish off by telling us your sort of fondest memories of following the Jags, how you got into it, the friends you've made, that sort of thing? No, it's been a pleasure doing this, guys. Um, I, I, I actually came to Thistle late in life. I was probably 13 at the time. It was. I'm probably about the only Jags fan that wasn't at the 71 final. It was, 70, I think, the season after, 72, 73. 
I went to my first Thistle game. It was against Falkirk at Firhill. And what it was is I used to play football Saturday schools, things like that. So uh, I never really got to games. Although my family were all the blue persuasion and I got taken to a, a match early on at Ibrox and I wasn't keen on it at all. So I was kicking about the house a fair bit. But I had a, a maverick uncle who was a Thistle fan, my uncle John, basically the black sheep of the family, the guy. And um, he decided he was going to take me up to Firhill, let me run about there. Uh, so I went with him. As I say, we played Falkirk. We drew nothing each, but there was something about it, the atmosphere, the other fans, other kids getting about. It was it was it was different, totally different from what I'd experienced going to Ibrox, which was just a bit vitriolic, you know. So for that moment on I thought this 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 is okay. Quite like this. My second match there was against, was against Celtic, uh, and we get gubbed four 0 uh, that was that was a week or two after after a Falkirk game, and uh, my uncle John sympathetically told me, "Don't worry, that's that doesn't happen often." Needless to say, I lied because I've experienced a few ups and downs since then. So that instilled that in me. That I realised that winning isn't everything. And the thing, the amazing thing about Thistle was, I've said this before, our lows are sometimes habitual. You know, you tend to get used to them, but our highs are euphoric. The highs that we experience are, are something else. A game, Ibrox, Damon Grego being behind that that goal when Gary Harkins plays it in, Damon slots it. The place was just absolutely rocking. It didn't help that when I was taking a picture of the, the scoreboard that Chris Boyd was banging it in with his knee, I think, <laughs> at the other end. And I'd no sooner took the picture than it was one each. But the Morton game, after the, well, the Ramsden's Cup final, there's another one. Just fantastic atmosphere. Seeing all these fans, just you think, well, the first thing that comes to your mind is where have they all came from? You know, because you think, we could maybe use it for all every other week. But still great to see them. Great to see them all there. Party hats on and everything. Okay, we didn't get the result. But then we had the Morton game right after it. And the old ground was jumping, absolutely jumping. And then having to delay the kickoff to get the fans for the Jackie Husband and the what's the John Abbey stand there, walking along the, the touchline. But I went just great to see it. of course the result. We Craigan banging that one in and then wheeling away, just blowing the whistle, waiting and waiting the ref, finishing the game. And that was us. Great season. Fantastic. Semi-final at Hamden against Rangers. Uh, again, huge Thistle support. Out singing. All the way through the game. The matter, okay, we get beat. But hey, you know, as I say, our, our lows are to be expected at times. But our highs are a different. They're just off the scale. Off the scale. Love it. That's great to hear, Ian. It's, it's great to see Thistle still means that much to you after after so many years and totally agree with what they can do to your emotions as well. Uh, I don't think any of us would have it any other way. The, the highs are the highs are amazing. It gets under your skin. You know, I remember, I, I, I remember watching us getting gubbed one game um, and I happened to look across and there was an old guy sitting there with the coat on and the bonnet and he had this wee sort of half smile on his face. I thought to myself, because 
I can't help but get passionate about it. You know, I, I used to I used to take my boy, but he was going deaf in one ear because I was next to him, shouting and bawling my head off. And then I'd, I'd vow to go to a match and just sit on my horns and, and not get involved. And no matter what I shout or say, it can't change anything. But but then you get caught up in it, and then you shout and ball and get all the players and try to bring them on. I never I never chastise the players. I always try and bring them on. Uh, and help them and talk to them, cheer them up. And I watched this old guy with this half sort of grin on his face, half half smile. And I thought, there's a guy that's seen it all. He's seen it all before. He's been through that roller coaster, and he's still there. And he's no gets hidden his horns. He's he's no going to get him and kick the cat, you know, slag off the wife. That's this one. That that's that's what happens to us. That's how we survive games and we just take our results on the chin good and bad and just be there next week or the week after and support our team definitely definitely ian thanks very much for joining us it's been great to have you on uh welcome back anytime i've gave you my account details <laughs> so if, if you can just uh, just send a check and direct <laughs> and uh, uh, that's great. I, we'll I get, we'll get David or Ed to sort that out. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say they're a great job, boys? Thanks, Sean. Uh, it's Cheers, fantastic. Yeah. Keep up the great work. I, I missed hearing you bellowing from the stands, so it's um, it's always a delight to hear you. I'm still doing it. Trust me. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Cheers, it was good to good to Thank speak you. to you again, man. It's been a long time. Bring money next time, eh? <laughs> thanks for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw we'll be back next week to look back on our trip to Montrose and preview the home match against Dumbarton as always stay safe and wear a mask